You can now take KRBN Internet News Talk Radio with you on your mobile phone as we are making it easier to listen to the great hosts here on KRBN, including our very own West Lane County Commissioner, Jay Bozovich. It's free and available on Google Play. Just look for player.fm. That's player.fm and search for KRBN. Live from Lane County, Oregon, it's the Bose No Show with your host, West Lane County Commissioner, Jay Bozovich. And now, here's Jay. afternoon and welcome to another edition of the Bo's Nose Show. And I'm your host, West Lane County Commissioner Jay Bozovich. And we come to you live from beautiful downtown Elmira, Oregon, where we talk about all things Lane County, Oregon, national, international, whatever's on your mind, because you can control the topic here on the Bo's Nose Show just by calling us at 646-721- 9887. Just press one because that lets us know you want to get in on the conversation here on the Bose Nose Show rather than just listen to the show on your phone. Again, that's 646 721 9887. Just press one. That's Robin, my call screener and producer extraordinaire. Know you want to get in on the conversation. So I asked a question promo in the show today, and I'll ask it again. What do you think are the biggest issues facing Lane County today? The the Board of Commissioners is going to have a retreat in September. It's to kind of start work on um, updating our strategic plan that we approved last year, a three-year strategic plan. But, of course, we've got two new members on the board that weren't part of that process. So we kind of need to kind of, you know, check in, make sure we're still all going in the same direction. And I kind of want to know from everybody out there, and, you know, if you just give me a quick call or you can post a comment on one of our Facebook posts, what do you think the biggest issues are facing Lane County? And, you know, let's try and think of things that are that are really something that the county has control over or can do something about. Um, you know, world peace, you know, so, yeah, it's a big issue, but I don't think Lane County government is going to have a whole lot of impact on world peace. Um, so <laughs> let's be a little bit realistic in, in your listing of priorities because I, I am curious, you know, because it's been a while since we've done a, a, you know, every once in a while, Lane County sometimes will do a survey of citizen um, um, attitudes out there and, and what things they identify as the big issues and important issues for the county, uh, problem areas, et cetera. You know, um, and I'm kind of curious you know, what the people think um, versus some of the places the board's starting to go towards right now, and do they match up with the priorities of what the people want us to be working on? So um, just, you know, what are your priorities? You know, what what's the biggest issues you face here in Lane County or in just your neighborhood? You know, what what problems are you dealing with in your neighborhood, in your community, uh, you know, if you're in a, in a city, in that city, you know, that, that local government should be addressing, you know, and, and when you get to the Lane County government side, you can also get into some things, you know, that local, that maybe a city government can't, where we have a health department, we deal on the health side a bit, 
Um, now, you know, one of the things in the, these kind of surveys, if you were to ask that as an open-ended question, it comes up quite often is education. That's probably the one area county and city government don't have a lot of influence over and don't have anything to, to, to be able to do. So it may be a, a big issue for you, um, but that really at this point at your local school board and the state legislature that have influence over the education policy, education funding, or whatever issue around education that you're concerned about, uh, whether it's school choice or, um, you know, any other issue there. You know, I threw out a couple of topics for folks, um, kind of wondering if, if, if I'm coming anywhere close as I, as I talk to people, you know, there are various issues that come up. You know, one of the things I, I hear about sometimes is just, you know, how difficult it is to get a permit to, to improve your home or build a new home or do anything with your property in Lane County. And, and could that process be made easier? You know, is that a big enough issue that should be part of our strategic plan? Um, or is it really about crime? You know, that's a, that's a, Believe it or not, as, as we've surveyed this over the years, it's usually one or two. You know, the economy and jobs are usually number one. Crime and public safety are number two when we survey this. Um, you know, with the economy going the way it is right now, is there, is there is jobs in the economy still a big issue? And should Lane County be focusing on economic development? Or, you know, has that with the you know low unemployment, um, the job growth, some of the wage growth that's starting to happen? Is that still is that still something the county should be be focusing on as a priority? I sort of think it is because the the time to be thinking about economic growth is when we're having a good economy, because by the time we're in a bad economy, everybody's trying to do something to set themselves up to be more, to, to grow jobs. If you work during a good economy to be more resilient for when the downturn comes, that's kind of an important thing to do. Diversifying your, your local economy, finding ways to kind of um, get in areas that are more recession proof. Um, not, there's no such thing as a completely recession proof uh, part of the economy, but you know, working on infrastructure that supports jobs, uh, working on workforce housing that, that gets the workforce that supports an economy. So that gets into another issue, which is affordable housing that quite often comes up as a big issue in these kind of polls. Is that really where we should be, you know, concentrating on? Or, you know, should it be, um, you know, some of these other issues that have come up more recently, like um, climate change. You know, right now our current board wants to work on a climate action plan. Is that your top priority for Lane County to address? Or is it the fact that you can't get a sheriff to come out to your property if you live outside of Eugene and and you want to uh, report that your, you know, your tractor was stolen out of your shed um, because it's just a property crime and, and has already happened Sometimes you're not going to get a sheriff to re, you know, respond to that. Um, is that a bigger issue for you? Is that lack of rural patrol 
and police presence outside of the cities? Um, is it the road safety issues we have? You know, we have one of the highest um, death rates uh, in, on roadways of any county in Oregon, you know, it, you know per, per capita death rates. Um, is that something, and that sort of gets back to rural patrol because one of the big issues with, with traffic safety is the fact that people ignore speed limits, distracted driving laws, and drive while impaired all of which can kind of be corrected by enforcement and we're very low on enforcement here in Lane County. So, you know, what issue is it that, that, that you think we should be addressing? What is really important to you and your family? You know, give us a call here, 646-721-9887 here on the Bose Nose Show. And tell me, what in, what's important to you? What should we be addressing? You know, do we need to be, you know, is it, the homeless shelter and our efforts around um, trying to eliminate and, and reduce homelessness, is that what's most important to you? Um, is it uh, some kind of economic development and jobs issue uh, and, and infrastructure such as um, improving high-speed data um, throughout the county, not just areas that are you know served you know, in in a city by fiber in some small areas that get, you know, that huge bandwidth, you know, what about the folks that are further out and, and more rural and their ability to get high-speed data and some of the small cities that don't really have real real good options for high-speed data? Um, you know, is that is that important? Is that what we should be working on? You know, um, just kind of really want to hear from you all, you know, and is it a court facility? You know, is that one of your priorities? You know, that, that's, that's kind of where, where we need to hear from you is, is really about what is the priorities for the people of Lane County? Because we're hearing from kind of the same people over and over again, you know, basically core of about 30 people that come into public comment at the county that are hammering on a couple very specific issues. And it makes it look like there's a lot of people interested in that issue, but it, it's really, you know, I'm hearing the same people over and over again about a climate action plan, about, um, you know, trying to get the county involved in regulating agriculture and forestry. Um, you know, those sort of things. Is that really what's important to you or is it, is it, crime? Is it road safety? Is it the lack of affordable housing? You know, is it jobs still? You know, is it about, you know, providing uh, health care out to rural areas that have lack of you know, enough providers? You know, is it, you know, about diversity, inclusion, and equity in some of those issues? You know, is that is that what what drives you and what we should be, be focusing on. I kind of want to hear from you all. Again, 646-721-9887. And just press one so we know you want to get on the show. Other ways to weigh in, you know, we're on Facebook. You can comment on our Facebook page of what you think our priorities should be. Had one comment 
already that somebody wanted affordable housing as our as our priority, which is already in our strategic plan to increase housing. Um, and, and in addition, trying to increase different types of housing that are available. Um, we had a, a legislative effort to try and uh, make accessory dwelling units an option out in rural Lane County. And uh, unfortunately, the legislature didn't pass it. You know, a lot of things didn't pass this, this time around because <laughs> they ran out of time because they didn't have enough people in town to do any work. Um, but that's a whole different topic. Um, so, you know, what 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 what's important to you? And, and then uh, it'll be interesting to see how that matches up with our current strategic plan. And is there something new, something I haven't mentioned so far that we need to be working on? You know, uh, here in, in Lane County, um, that would that we can put on that list of things as possible priorities for the board to work on, and for the county to work on, because we can't work on everything. You know, that, that when you try and do everything, you get nothing done poorly, <laughs> and and uh, it's really ineffective. You really kind of have to focus and prioritize because we don't have unlimited staff, we don't have unlimited dollars, um, we need to focus on various issues to try and at least move the needle on any of those. So kind of curious, what are your top issues for Lane County to work on? And if you want to just weigh in on our Facebook page, you can call in. And I think we're going to put a poll up on the on our KRBN internet news talk radio page, asking this question, try and give some options for folks. Um, and uh, we'll do that here soon. Uh, so don't forget, you know, KRBN internet news talk radio is the Facebook page. Um, you know, just start on Facebook, type in KRBN, um, and that'll usually self populate the rest of it. Uh, <laughs> And uh, it, it's uh, you go there and uh, find our po our past polls and all that. And uh, yeah, well, that's quite sure I get that, Robin. <laughs> well, when Robin, when I wrote it, it sounded yeah. good. It's just that it got changed as soon as I hit send. Thank you, Galaxy. Uh, yeah. So not having what? <laughs> yeah, it's, it's basically not having to own a four-wheel drive vehicle to go down the street. <coughs> Excuse me. Talking <coughs> oh, my throat. Yeah. Um, NSJ is slowly dying live on the air. <laughs> yeah, live on. <coughs> live radio. Yeah. At least, at least this time it's not. Yeah. Well, at least this time doesn't involve my dog. Uh, <laughs> she's laying right here, though. You know, here. Oh, oh look at yeah. puppy. Yeah, if you're watching Facebook Live, you'd see my dog Piper. So, yeah. and if you're not watching Facebook Live, what's the matter with you? Get on here. Yeah, not eating a four-wheel drive to drive down the road. So basically, that's about our transportation infrastructure and maintaining that. <clears throat> Lane County maintains a huge quantity 
of roads and bridges. And it's a big piece of our government, one of our you know, public works departments, a big department, and it's a, a, a large uh, uh, expense for the county. <clears throat> most of our, <clears throat> excuse me, most of our road costs are paid through gas taxes uh, that come, that go to the state and they give them back to us to maintain our roads. Um, some of that cost is borne by the federal government through uh, timber receipts, um, but that's gotten to be a very small portion of our road fund. Most of it is state gas tax and car registration fees that are shared back to the county. About 30% of your, your state uh, gas tax and registration fees and the uh, weight mile tax for trucks and all that stuff um, comes back to counties uh, as <clears throat> distributed under a formula about the number of cars registered in each county, et cetera, et cetera, um, is how we get our uh, state distribution, but it's only about 30%. So as you pay your, your, your vehicle registration fee, only about 30% of that's going to come back to Lane County. Um, the rest of that will go, you know, 20% goes back to cities like Eugene and Springfield and Florence and Junction City. Again, based on population, number of cars registered, et cetera. Um, and then half of it stays with the state to maintain the state highway system, um, <clears throat> which I kind of feel like that proportion is, is a little bit skewed. Um, I think, you know, the counties maintain more lane miles of roadway than the state maintains, yet we get less tax <laughs> to do so. But that's just, uh, you know, that's a county commissioner complaining about that. But yeah, you know, making sure our roads are maintained. Um, you know, is that is that the biggest issue for you in Lane County? Is that part of our, our strategic plan to maintain that road infrastructure that you want to see as our top priority, one of our top priorities? Um, you know, we're getting ready to um, you know, finish up the, at least the preliminary uh, work on uh, the first stage of improving territorial highway down towards Lorraine um, out there, uh, you know, in the vicinity of King Estates Winery. <clears throat> Anyone that's gone out to King Estates Winery knows how bad territorial highway is. Um, you know, that that's one of the one of the things that we're working on as part of that roads infrastructure. Um, hopefully we'll kind of put the stamp of approval on those plans on August 20th at our board meeting, and then uh, we'll move on uh, from there <clears throat> and uh, start working on getting the actual designs and, and, and the shovels turned, you know, somewhere about 2020, at least on the first initial phases that are going to be, you know, the simplest parts of the project. There are going to be some really tough parts of that project. Um, there's some, land, you know, historic landslide areas there as you come up Rocky Point, as they call it, um, from Ham Road, and uh, those are going to be tough to correct. <laughs> uh, be fun, be fun to be an engineer on it, but uh, it's going to be a tough piece of work uh, and an expensive piece of work which gets back to that distribution of dollars from the state. <clears throat> that, you know, 
they have less than half of the lane miles of roadway in the state to maintain, yet they get half of the dollars. <laughs> so um, might switch topics a little bit here on the Bo's No Show. We can talk about anything else that you want to talk about. If you want to call in about anything at all, you control the topics on the Bo's No Show. Last week, the caller called in and asked about the city of Eugene's new income tax and what and that was not what I was talking about at the time, but that's what we ended up talking about on the Bose Nose Show. So just give us a call, 646-721-9887. Just press 1 so we know you want to get in on the conversation. We can get around to some other issues um, that are going on in the country and the world today. Um, you know, we could get into the, the recent shootings. But I think everybody else is covering that, and it's really not something that Lane County government's going to necessarily change. Um, but if that's what you want to talk about, you can give the call at Bo's No Show. We can talk about um, trade policy, you know, you know, kind of buried underneath all of the issues going on with those, those recent mass shootings has been the stock market kind of taking quite a dive over trade policy and, and how that works um, with China and all. <clears throat> and, you know, lost in the noise of that was last week's uh, Democratic debates. Um, but, you know, the, the big thing that's kind of being held up is the solution to uh, the mass shootings right now is uh, red flag laws, which we've actually passed one here in Oregon. And, uh, you know, that, that's a, you know, it's a, a slippery slope to walk on. And, you know, there's two, two pieces of it that are really slippery about red flag laws. Um, one is they can actually lead to lack of due process and the ability of somebody that's been you know, identified to have their weapons taken from them to be able to have due process of law prior to that. And, and you know, the, the abuse that could happen of, you know, the, you know, the angry um, spouse or ex of some kind that decides that they're going to, you know, to, you know, get there, get back at whoever it is just by turning them in under those red flag laws, um, <clears throat> whether there's without any real truth to the matter or not. And is there going to be the ability to rebut, to, to try and defend yourself? Um, that issue of, of due process is a, is a really tough thing. Um, you know, we, we actually, changed some laws here in Oregon around property seizures in drug cases where you actually have to get a conviction before you can seize property that you think might have been related to uh, drug receipts. Whereas for a while, uh, a lot of uh, police organizations were confiscating all sorts of property and, and drug, you know, potential drug crimes and, and selling it off uh, and benefiting from it without even having a, 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 a day in court sometimes. And we were careful to 
fix that lack of due process in state law. Um, yet here we are, you know, with this red flag law, clearly does not allow for complete due process. The other issue about it, and this is an issue that um, former Sheriff Trapp um, explained to me and, and explained to some people uh, in public meetings, is it will put law enforcement officers in hugely vulnerable positions to send them to collect somebody's weapons who's been identified in this, quote, red flag situation. Case in point, in Maryland, somebody was just killed in a attempt to um, pick up weapons from somebody that was identified under Maryland's red flag law. Turned out to be the person that had been identified, but you know, you know, think about we have somebody we think think might be unstable and be you know easily triggered, so we want to take their weapons away. So we're going to send a bunch of guys that are armed with no notice to their house <laughs> to try and take the weapons away. You know, not, not a real great situation. So it's kind of like, it sounds like a simple solution to have these quote red flag laws, but the execution of it is what I'm concerned about. Do they have, um, due process built into them. You know, is there going to be the ability to come back and 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 say, "Hey, wait a minute. <laughs> yes, I do own firearms. Yes, I have a concealed carry, and it's because I had my life threatened recently. Um, and you know, here's the here's the letter, you know, the anonymous letter threatening my life, and that's why I'm I carry. And if you take my guns away from me today, you're leaving me vulnerable to this person that made the threat. You know, where's that balance in that? And, and I, I use that example in some ways because I've had my life threatened by an anonymous source that was realistic enough to have the FBI ultimately investigate the threat. Yeah. Somebody calls in a red flag issue about me and disarms me and my family, you know, while that threat was still in play, you know, where's my due process? When do I get to defend myself about that, that whoever claimed that I'm mentally unstable, you know, what evidence do they have to provide of that instability? And is there an opportunity to rebut that evidence? Am I allowed to bring in, you know, my, you know, go go bring in my psychiatrist and my my character witnesses and everything else, you know, before you take property. You know, there, there's that whole issue of uh, due process is is an important piece of the American justice system. It was part of that lack of due process was kind of noted in our Declaration of Independence. And, and the need for due process is captured in our Bill of Rights. So I, I, I'm a little concerned that, that the knee-jerk reaction is let's adopt laws 
that are going to subvert due process of law. So we need there needs to be a balance. If 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 you're going to do something red flag wise, there there has to be some kind of true check and balance around that. And I don't know, you know, I haven't seen one yet that, that provides that well. Oregon's does not provide enough due process. Um, the other issue is then if you really do identify somebody, how do you safely, you know, deal with that person without putting law enforcement officers and that person and maybe their family and friends or anyone that's around them in, in harm, in danger? Because obviously that case in Maryland, you know, ended up with somebody dying. So those two issues with red flag laws, if you can kind of figure that out and explain to me how you're going to provide due process and how you're going to protect the safety of those involved in executing the, the red flag law, then I'm, I'm willing to, to consider red flag laws. But I think right now it's, it's the, the, the latest, you know, you know, hot idea, you know, that we should have a, a, a national or, or version of a red flag law. You know, I, 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 I am concerned about the ability of a government to disarm citizens without due process. <clears throat> well, Alan, if I can jump in here for a second. Sure, Robin. If you notice that some of the areas that have had problems have actually been in gun-free zones. Yeah, yeah. And I think people will point out that Texas is not exactly a gun-free zone. Well, true. That's yeah. exception. Yeah, yeah. So, but yeah, and, and that's, you know, yeah, you know, that's, there, there's a lot of stuff where people banter back and forth and try and oversimplify, you know, the, the whole issue of gun-free zones and, and, and that, you know, do people that commit these acts think in advance, oh, I'm going to do it at a school because I know they ban um, weapons at schools and I'll, I'll be free to carry out my my rampage um, at least at least until they can bring somebody in with weapons. Um, for quite a while. I don't know if that, there's forethought there on those people's part, um, but it does seem to happen quite often in what you would consider a gun-free area. Um, you know, there's, you know, it's kind of interesting that, um, that you know, one of the, the shootings here in uh, at Clackamas Town Center um, ended when somebody with a concealed carry um, confronted the the shooter. The shooter ducked into a stairway and ultimately committed suicide. Um, and no one talks about that piece of it. <laughs> no. Yes, that's that's what terminated that particular um, that particular incident. Um, so, you know, how many how many lives did that concealed carry person? I mean, without without firing his weapon, just the fact that you know, the shooter saw it and, and was confronted by that person, um, you know, is that, you know, how many lives did that, that gentleman save? 
Well, and that's the whole point is that if you're in an area where you know people are not going to be armed, it's like, you know, shooting fish in a barrel. Yeah. You can't defend yourself. And then if you do take away the guns, well, anything can be used as a weapon. Yeah. 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 And I don't know. And it's and trying to, to, to group a lot of this into one size fits all for who the shooters are, um, you know, is difficult. The, the Ohio shooter's background is vastly different from the Texas shooter's background in some ways. Other than just being both young males, uh, that tends to be the one defining quantity on a lot of the mass shootings, except for the, you know, the guy in Las Vegas was an older male. <laughs> you know, he was kind of an exception to the rule. Um, but, you know, it, it's it's um, not something I think that it's going to be easy to legislate away. And, and most of the legislation being proposed is talking about the tools that are used in these mass killings. Um, there are other tools. You know, Timothy McVeigh, you know, used fertilizer and diesel fuel. You know, had, had no guns involved. <laughs> right. Yeah, so, um, and there have been other, you know, mass killings with, with uh, either explosives, uh, poisons, uh, you know, there's a plethora of tools to use. It's that how does somebody get to the point where they make a decision that human life is, has so little value that they're willing to kill in mass and, and want to kill as many as possible. That's really kind of, um, an interesting, you know, thought, you know, that, that, you know, how do we deal with that? And I, I don't know how you get, get to everyone, you know, cause some of these the backgrounds of some of these, you know, these, uh, killers is so varied. There's no formula, you know, you can't look at it and say, Oh, young men raised by single moms, um, that had their dad go to prison or something, you know, you, you can't, there's, there's just nothing you can plug in the computer and go, okay, now we've identified a population that's susceptible to this. Yeah. Their circumstances get driven by it, by so many different things to eventually lead them to the point where, you know, they devalue life enough to be able to take that kind of an act or so removed from rationality that they want to take life, you know, I, I, you know, how do you explain the difference between a Kip Kinkle and, and, um, you know, the Dylan Clybold and then, uh, the guy in Las Vegas, the guy in Texas, you know, where there was definitely a, a, a racial motivation on his part. Um, I don't know what you think the motivation in the Dayton, Ohio, shooting was and you know the fact that it included his sister um is just bizarre and, and mind-blowing to me um yet you know kip kinkle here it was his parents you know were part of this his his shooting spree um yeah i just it's just difficult for me to to look at it and say 
here's a solution that's going to resolve this. I just, I, I scratch my head a little bit. Well, when you look at it nationwide, though, <clears throat> considering the population, how many people that own guns versus how many, the percentage of people that actually go over the deep end, uh, it's probably not even 1%. Sure. Not even that, less than one-tenth or even one-hundredth of a percent. Gun ownership is pretty ubiquitous in, in, in this nation. Um, what are there, over 300 million, close to 400 million in, in the U.S.? I'm trying to remember what the total pop is. Um, gun ownership runs, what, 20, 30 percent? Something like that. Yeah. Yeah, there, there's more deaths due to car accidents than there are with that. Yeah. Yeah, and drug overdoses. Um, and the majority of deaths by guns are suicides. Um, and then most gun violence deaths, the, the greatest bulk of them are actually single homicides, you know, one person on one person type homicides. And of those, those kind of homicides, um, there's a way over representation of black males involved as both the shooter and the victim. You know, so, you know, it's kind of, you know, trying to play this whole thing and, and one way or the other, it's really a difficult thing where it's, it has, you know, the non, non-suicide gun-related homicides more often are driven by drug crime and crime in general gang crime, whatever, uh, in, in inner cities is where you see most of those. You know, the number, number of, of shootings that act, you know, people that got shot over the weekend in, in um, Chicago is staggering. You know, so it's just, you know, it's trying to, to uh, you know, peel the onion, so to speak, if you're you know, just trying to find a one-size-fits-all um, and red flag is just, it's the latest version of the one size fits all. You know, the, you know, it used to be the, the way, the 48 hour waiting period was going to fix it all. Um, then it, then it became, you know, background checks were going to fix it. Um, then it became, you know, let's limit magazine size and let's limit this and limit that about the weapons like that was going to, fix everything and like somebody that's willing to take a life is going to listen to any of those laws <laughs> but it's just um yeah it's the latest version of of this is how this is the one thing we can all agree on that will will, will help fix things and i you know i'm a little bit worried that it's going to actually make things worse um and and you know it's bad enough that um you know we've spent quite a bit of time demonizing our law enforcement officers in, in this country to some degree. Um, and so they're already endangered just by that demonization that's kind of taken place over the last um, 15 years, you know, 12 to 15 years. Um, and then now we're going to ask, ask those same law enforcement officers um, you know, we're getting water thrown on them in New York City when they respond to a, a, a call in for a crime, you know, responding to a 911 call, but then because they enter a neighborhood, they get, you know, water thrown at them and yelled at and everything else. Um, 
those same, you know, send those same officers into that neighborhood to, to take guns away from somebody that's been red flagged. Um, it's just a recipe for um, bad things to happen. And on a side note, uh, I've seen a video where somebody dumped a bucket of water on an officer just leaving his vehicle. Got to give the officer kudos. He didn't even flinch. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. The restraint of police officers at times amazes me. And I, and I credit that to their training. Um, you know, they, you know, speaking of psychological testing and all that stuff, modern police officers, you don't make it on the force without passing all your psych um, examinations. <laughs> yeah. So those guys are, uh, those guys are pretty, uh, pretty well-trained and, and pretty, pretty good at, at um, being able to um, not react in the moment, not react emotionally. Yes. Relation is a big part of their training. Actually, I have gotten the best way to get a reaction out of a police officer is be nice to him. Yeah. It surprises the heck out of a lot of them, unfortunately. Yeah. I mean that in a positive way. Yep. Yep. So. Yeah. So if you don't want to talk about, you know, red flag laws, you, you don't have any top issues for Lane County. Like I, I can't believe that, that nobody out there does not have an opinion on what our biggest problems in Lane County are. Um, give us a call if there's something else you want to talk about here on the Bose Notice Show, or if you want to talk about any of those subjects, at 646-721-9887. And don't forget to press 1 so we know you want to get in on the conversation. Again, that's 646-721-9887. Just press 1 to get in on the Bose Notice Show as we uh, keep bumping along here on another live show. Hopefully I won't choke anymore. And You know, you may have to pull out the secret weapon if we're not getting any calls. Yeah, what's that? Puppies. Puppies. Yeah, I had one in here a second ago. She ran back out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Always getting visits from puppies. Yeah. So, yeah, we can talk. We can talk puppies. Yeah. Here, see, here we go. Oops. Come here, Piper. Say hello. This is Piper. She visits me the most while I'm doing the radio show. Here we go. Piper's moment of fame on the Bose No Show. She's also the one that, that interrupted the last show. <laughs> that that was just a political opinion. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Piper is a ball-obsessed dog. <laughs> yes, she is. <laughs> but, oh, I, she, I'm now being pawed. Oh, and here comes Louie, the young one. <laughs> so, and there goes Louie, and there goes Piper. <laughs> See what they think of the show? Yeah, I get no respect. <laughs> I get no respect. <laughs> uh, so, you know, it, to 
get sidetracked a little bit. Um, today was the dedication of a, of a new piece of public art in Florence. Didn't quite get the opportunity to get down there. I had a couple meetings here in Eugene that kind of, I, there was just, I would have had to violate speed limit and other public safety laws to get there on time. And especially with 126 under construction, just was not going to make it down to the dedication. Um, but it's been a controversial thing. And those listening in Florence understand this, but the rest of Lane County probably hasn't heard this. So it's on the side of central, a building that's owned by the, the local public utility district, Central Lincoln PUD. But um, it was generated by um, the city of Florence's uh, public arts committee. And it's a rather colorful, somewhat abstract mural that not everybody thinks is the world's greatest piece of art, you know, as, as things go. And, and it's been a little controversial down there in Florence. And it kind of brings to light the whole idea of public art and who pays for it, who gets to pick what gets put up. And, you know, is it a good thing? Is it a bad thing? You know, I'm kind of, you know, I think art is great. Um, a lot of people in my family are artists. My wife is an artist. Um, you know, I, I support the arts, but the question is, is should government be in the business of supporting the arts and putting public art up? And Robin and I have had our jokes here on, on the Bo's Nose show about the uh, giant um, cauldron of, of, you know, whatever that thing is up there. <laughs> You're talking about on Gateway? Yeah, Gateway and Beltline there. Yeah, I still think it's supposed to be a flame. I think it's a wastebasket. Yeah, yeah, up on a on a tripod. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I. I uh, yeah, but it's that it's that subjectivity of what's good art and what's bad art. And uh, when the government starts paying for it with people's tax money, then it really gets controversial. And um, apparently, somewhere within that that mural. There is a deer silhouette that's painted in purple, and that's been one of the, the, the you know, what's with the purple deer in the mural uh, that's gone on. Well, somehow or another, some folks got together and put up silhouettes of purple deers around Florence today <laughs> as sort of a tongue-in-cheek uh, sort of play on that. So if you're down in Florence, um, find the purple deer. <laughs> And the poor artist is going, but I ran out of red. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. It's just, it's one of those things where it's like, what's with the purple deer? I think it has something to do with the mural, uh, folks. If you're wondering in Florence, what's with the purple deer around town? It has to ties into mural and public art and all that stuff. Um, but you know, it's yes, you know, it's, it's one of those things where, yeah, you know, if it doesn't float your boat, um, that's kind of okay. Um, but, you know, having some, some murals around town isn't necessarily a bad thing. Um, the city of Eugene's got a, uh, a pretty uh, aggressive um, mural program going, trying to get enough, uh, was it 20 murals done by the 2021 20, World Championships around town? Um, you know, there's been some, some pretty nifty murals, like the Simpsons mural in Springfield that people actually – you know, will go out of their way that are visiting the area to get their photograph taken in front of. 
that are Simpsons fans. Um, yeah, so, yeah, but not everybody likes the Simpsons, you know, and, uh, you know, tax money, was tax money used to get put, put up the Simpsons mural? I'm not, you know, asked, asked the city of Springfield that question. I think there might have been. Um, so it's always one of those things you get, get, um, get government involved in art. And then the, the one that, that gets me is when it starts getting to be mandated as parts of projects and adds to the cost of a project. And a perfect example of that is the I-5 bridge going over the Willamette River here that got replaced a few years back. They had to spend 1% on public art. So now there's some metal sculptures and stuff up in either end of the bridge and one that's kind of in the middle. And at 55, up to 80 miles an hour, whatever people drive across that bridge, you don't see them. It's like, <laughs> well, it's a good thing. It's a pot plant. Yeah. Well, no, I think it's supposed to be a canvas plant in a basket, and it's a, it's kind of, you know, there was a lot of themes around the artwork with that bridge that were related to the river and the indigenous people that that settled this area, the Calipuya peoples. Um, but still, it's practically wasted money because no one sees it. You, you, you know, it's it's no one. You know, it's it, it's past you so fast you would never see that piece of artwork because it's it's situated so close to the side of the road, so it's not like it's off far enough off to a side where you could see it from a distance. Maybe it's just it's weird. You know, when you start tying, you know, some of this public art gets to be, you know, like like the quote torch in Springfield, the the wastebasket on a tripod. Um, yeah, not everybody thinks it's great. <laughs> Let's see when you look at the price tag of what that thing costs. Yeah. Yeah, I have no idea. Yeah, and that probably got paid for with state highway funds. You know, part of that fifty percent of the gas tax. You know, it's one percent of that fifty percent. So half a percent of your gas tax is going for public art. You know, in these projects. Um. So, and, yeah. <laughs> and I think about that every time I hit a pothole, or like the one over by Cottage Grove, there's a killer pothole in the middle of the freeway. Yeah. Literally. <laughs> yeah. Or, you know, every time a truck tips over on a ramp that was under designed because there wasn't enough money to design it well enough for, for you know, modern trucking, like happened this morning on the Coburg Road exit ramp. Um. <laughs> Yeah, it, it's uh, yep. But that you know, investing in public art, you know, it, it seems like you know, and this is you know, we get into the Oregon Cultural Trust, and and you even get even further into into subsidizing art through through tax dollars. Um, you know, where where does it end somewhat, and wh where do you draw the lines? And then you get into the National Endowment for the Arts, and you know, we can talk about um, you know jars of, 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 you know, of uh, bodily waste uh, <laughs> with, with uh, crucifixes on it, you know, and that is that public art, you know? <laughs> yeah. Um, we all remember that controversy. Um, so kind of, you know, it really gets to, you know, what, what is, you know, you, you really get into some, 
pretty deep controversies when you start supporting the arts with tax dollars. You know, where, where do you draw those lines? And then sometimes it even gets to be, when, where does it blur the line um, where it starts becoming propaganda? And you start particularly supporting artists that, that put out art that's themed in the way you want it to be. And the absolute perfect example of this was done in the 30s when when the, all, the, all the various workforce programs that were done under the Roosevelt administration hired lots of artists to specifically promote certain things. And, you know, one of them was, um, you know, the, the whole idea of public power and um, the harnessing of the rivers. And, um, you know, there were songs put together that were, were meant to promote some of that. Some of them that became very famous songs during from the 30s that are still sung today were done basically as propaganda work using tax dollars to support the artists to write the songs. And uh, you know that that's uh, <laughs> that gets to be a scary thing because you know there was another country that did the exact same thing. Germany was doing that, paying artists. To to do artwork that was propaganda. And, and you know, that, that gets to be pretty dicey. You know, they were, they were, you know, paying for documentaries that, you know, supported their, their nationalist socialist party movement. And, and uh, you know, it, it, it can go, go pretty wrong way when, when government starts controlling art and then, can also then pick who the artists are they want to support and what kind of art they want to support. You know, that, that gets to be sort of a dangerous thing that can go wrong really fast. Um, so got about five minutes left here on the Bose Nose Show. We can talk about public art and murals and whether government should be supporting it or not. We can talk about red flag laws. We can talk about what you think the biggest issues are facing Lane County. The, what, what's the biggest problem in Lane County today? I want to hear from you. 646-721-9887 to get in on the Bose Nose Show. Just press one so that lets Robin, my call screener and producer extraordinaire, know that you want to get on the conversation here on the Bose Nose Show in our last five minutes of the show. And if you don't get in on the show, but I still want to hear from folks about what you think the biggest issues facing Lane County are, you can comment on our Facebook page uh, today. You can comment on any of the posts I shared about, about the uh, program today on the various community pages I post on. Um, you can uh, even e email the show at talk. At KRBN, internet, at krbnradio.net. I'm sorry, I'm getting that wrong, Robin. You got it. You got it right this time. I got it right this time. Okay, you good. Got it right. Woohoo! Woo. <laughs> I'm always trying to get that one wrong. So, um, you know, I, I, I am really curious because it has been a while since I've, I've seen a generalized survey of Lane County about what people think the biggest problems slash issues are facing the county. And uh, used to consistently be jobs in the economy, number one, crime and public safety, number two, housing, uh, number three, 
you know, those were always the top three. And then everything else followed way behind that, you know, environment, uh, you know, healthcare, other issues around, you know, edu- you know, education would pop up if it's an issue that the county doesn't really deal with, you know, it'd be maybe number four, but still the top three and top two really were always jobs and, and, and public safety, the economy and public safety. Just curious, is that still it in this booming economy? Are people still concerned about jobs and the economy? Frankly, I think they ought to be um, because now's the time when we should be thinking about making sure we're doing the things to, to, to keep Lane County economically sound when the downturn comes because, you know, the economy cycles just like everything else. Um, we, got, we should be trying to prepare for that. One of the best ways to prepare is to have sound infrastructure that supports jobs so that when we do get in a competition with other communities and other parts of the country and other nations about keeping employers, we have the infrastructure employer, modern employers want to stay in this area, let alone the tax laws and employment laws that want to keep people, you know, employers here in this area. Some of which maybe the state legislature should be paying some attention to, um, you know, about not trying to make our tax and employment laws uh, so different from other states. Maybe it might be a disincentive to start or locate a business in uh, Oregon. So, and maybe the city of Eugene might want to think about that one too with their income tax. Um, So, well, um, I didn't have a what were they thinking this week um, on Bo's Nose Show. It's been a, a strange week for me um, leading up to the show, so I didn't have time to put one together. And I asked Robin before the show if she had one. Anyone wants to call in last minute with a what were they thinking, they can probably get in here uh, on the Bo's Nose Show. Uh, 646-721-9887. I'll take your version of what were they thinking uh, on the Bose Nose Show. Don't really have one handy. Um, but uh, I was just going to say real quick and remind people that if you missed today's show or any of the other shows, they're available in a variety of places, you know, on Facebook, on krbnradio.net, on uh, player.fm, and on just we're all over the place, and you can always send Jay a note or something if there's a topic you want him to to talk about next week. Yeah, or if there's a guest you'd like me to bring on the show. You know, the one thing about being a county commissioner is a lot of times if I ask somebody to come do the radio show with me, they'll say yes. So we've had the DA on in the past. We've had the sheriff on in the past a couple times. Um, you know, is there somebody that you want to have on the show Um yeah, we've had uh, some executive directors from nonprofits come on the show uh, before. We've had some uh, service providers, and, and uh, we've had uh, my uh, you know folks from our public works department come on and talk about things on the show. So, something you're interested in, you know, drop me a line and and a topic suggestion and possibly a guest you'd like to hear from. We'll see if we can work it into the Bo's No Show in a future episode. So um, 
I'm trying to think if I'm going to be back next week here on the Bo's Nose Show because um, – I'll leave it as a mystery. We'll leave it a little bit of as a mystery because uh, we're actually – I'm trying to think. It is, you know, I am not going to be back next week unless we do the show early on, on Tuesday. Um, I'll talk to Robin, my producer, about that possibility. Um, but I am traveling to Germany uh, next Wednesday on the 14th to visit with a former exchange student that I hosted for about a year. And he kind of became a sort of a surrogate son. And uh, we're going to his wedding celebration. Uh, and uh, it should be a fun time. My first time on the continent. I've been to England um, and, and Cornwall, but I have not been on the continent. So going to Germany for a few days. So I'm going to miss a couple of those nose shows. So we might spin up a best of for next week, but uh, we'll be back. I think the week of the uh, 28th will be my next Bose nose show. So thank you for listening today. We'll be back on the 28th live in between. You might hear some best of have a great week for listening to us coming to you live from beautiful downtown Elmira. Thank you for listening to Bo's Nose Show. <laughs>